welcome to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Here's your host, Steve Hudgens. Welcome back to Coached Soul. I'm Steve Hudgens, a licensed professional counselor and life coach. Today with me is Keith Brown, a former Marine veteran who is also a minister. Keith has been diagnosed with over 30 different types of medical illnesses, but the VA has denied him 100% disability due to the fact they've lost his records. Keith has been trying to fight this for years, continues to have a losing battle, which is weighing on him emotionally, because oftentimes he feels like giving up, being suicidal. But he has a positive attitude and keeps pushing forward, even though he is at a loss of income and possible a place to stay. This is his story that I'd like to share with you. Keith, welcome back. Hey, Steve. Good to be with you this evening. Hope you had a great day. It's always a blessing to have you around, Keith. You just amaze me with your attitude. I know the last time we talked about your PTSD, uh, how you were being impacted by how the VA has been operating. I'm just curious, Keith, we talked about how the Marine Corps impacted you and then you go and search for God. How's that been for you with all the struggles you've been facing? God is my strength, my hope, my security. I, I really can't imagine what it would be like without the Lord. At times, most days, I feel like I'm getting assaulted or pummeled from every possible direction and emotionally, physically, financially, materially, uh, relationship-wise. I don't know if I said financially, even sometimes I feel like the security of, you know, our, our physical safety, you know, that, you know, maybe we're going to lose our apartment for a lack of ability to pay all of our bills and our rent and pay my wife's medical care. I know that's been a struggle for you in regards to the VA. You know, one day they say we have your records. The next day they don't have your records. You file a claim. You have letters from doctors stating that you have neurological damage from your military occupation specialty of working on helicopters and the VA turns around and denies and gives you 10% for your hearing. Yeah. I, so I, I guess, you know, yes, I, they, they're giving me 10%, um, which is yeah, not very much hundred and $152 a month. So where my doctors are saying, you know, I completely disabled sometimes I, can't walk or or even stand. I have multiple issues neurologically uh, with my my left eye, my my left arm, my left leg. For the most part, the left side of my body doesn't work very well. I get exhausted very quickly, lose sometimes my ability to speak just to make my vocal cords work. And sometimes I lose my, my cognitive ability is kind of struggling. And it's 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 frightening uh, there's a desire as a marine there's a desire as a man a husband a father to go out to work and to provide for your family to be a contributor to society and you know i 
repeatedly go out and try and I work an hour and I'm exhausted. And usually if I do any work, it takes a, a week to recover just from trying to work an hour or two. Okay. Sometimes I've seen your videos where you're, you can walk or run and the next moment it's like you have cerebral palsy or polio and you look like you're drunk, all mixed up. Right. So what that is, is, right. So yeah, everyone's really surprised. There's a book that's called, um, I don't know if we mentioned it before, the boy who can run, but cannot walk or the boy who can't walk, but can run. So that have, there's other folks that have that too, neurological issues. There's a girl that was at a, a Christian university and she had trouble walking, but she could run. And when she got, uh, she was, she's a great runner and she would cross the finish line maybe sometimes being the first person across the finish line, but somebody, ha somebody had to catch her when she had got done running. So yeah, that happens to me and you saw the video and I can, I can sometimes not always, but I can sometimes run. But then when I quit running, I kind of break down like an old lawnmower and start puttering. Oh, you mentioned Milo and I heard Milo barking in the background. He's your emotional support dog too. So, well, actually, so Milo, we were training Milo for the PTSD um, dog and then, and he also helps like stabilize me sometimes if I'm having a hard time. He has a collar with a handle on it and he has a vest with a, a handle on it. it and anytime that there's something threatening, <laughs> he kind of goes on alert and gets a little bit excited. He also, like if I'm laying in bed and I'm having a seizure, he comes in and he kind of lays down kind of hard against me to make my body calm down. So, which is really cool. You know, Keith, you were mentioning before we kind of got sidetracked a little bit of how this is impacting you. But what infuriates me is how the VA is not working fast enough or they recognize that you have issues from your military occupation, but they won't give you the 100% because right now you're not able to work. Right. I, you know, I, I keep trying but yeah, it, it's not working. And, but we see that with a lot of veterans. I mean, just the other day I had a friend was telling me he knows a, a Vietnam vet and he and his wife were appealing the process for years. They were continually getting denied. Then he died and he got approved after he died. And, I, and I've, I've know of several cases like that. I don't think it's a personal thing. I think it's just the system. And the interesting thing is I think it's, it's working better than it used to. So I'm, I'm glad for the progress that's been made. I don't think it's a personal thing. I think it's the system. And to be honest with you, I think that, you know, I have like 30 things, you know, that 30 illnesses or diseases or from the chemical exposure and other things in the PTSD. It's just, I know that when I go see doctors, they, they're, there's, I get two responses from doctors and that's whether they're in, in the VA system or where they're civilian doctors out in town. And one response is, oh no, here's Keith. <laughs> which problem is, which disease is causing the issue? And so they're like, okay, is this, 
is this the PTSD? Is this the neurological issue? And if it is, there's like five or six neurological issues. Which one is it? Is this a bre- why, why is he having trouble breathing? Is he having PTSD making it, you know, or which neurological issue is causing the, the making it so he can't breathe. And so you, they're, they're kind of like, they feel like they're, they're, there's trepidation on the part of some of the doctors. And then there's the other doctors, the other side of the house is like, oh, this is fun. Uh, <laughs> and I've actually walked in multiple times and they're like, hey, Corporal Brown's here. Everybody come over here and see him. And uh, so it's like, you know, it's a mixed bag. At the end of the day, I I just want, just want to breathe. I, I just want to breathe. I, I just want to love my family. I just want to be a blessing to a community. And so I don't think it's personal. I think the somebody like me, it just overwhelms the system. There's too many issues and I get put on the back burner because they don't just don't know what to do. So I, I understand that, but I still need to be taken care of. I still need to pay my bills, but I've been blessed by having good family and friends that help out. It's always good to know that you have resources that can help. I know you have the training of a Marine, but if we were to take that aside and we look at the character of who you are, what would you say to men who struggle? Uh, There's a lot of times in counseling that I work with a lot of men and try to help with their marriages, their families, their jobs, but nothing to the capacity of what you have. What is it that drives you to determination of being all that you can be? That sounds like army. Sorry, I couldn't help it. (laughs) So, well, I want to say, you know, I think every, I want to say about the Marine Corps, every single day, you know, having been a Marine, without question, every single day that blesses me. It gives me the strength to to get up and to push through or pull through whatever I got to push or pull through but it it does have its limitations and it can get at that point really overwhelming when I get to the point of feeling like I've done every single thing that I can do and so you have to park that over to the side and you know where where does my strength come from it comes from the Lord but before I can before I can even begin to really realize what that means, I have to do something that's what might sound like completely opposite of being a Marine. And that is to develop a sense of humility and be vulnerable, the opposite of pushing through or pulling through. The truth is sometimes that we're just not going to be able to man up enough and get it taken care of. And we have to realize that the answer isn't in and of ourselves. We don't have the strength. We don't have the wisdom. We don't have the resources. And we have to trust other people. We have to trust the Lord and wait quietly, patiently, sometimes painfully, patient and calm our spirit and wait silently prayerfully thoughtfully 
And then here, here's the deal. I've never, I've never seen the day that God hasn't got me through it. I've never seen the day that the Lord hasn't seen so many people. You read in the Bible, he's seen so many people through. You see in life, so many people made it that you didn't think were going to make it. And I've seen in my own life, time and time again, where God has seen me through. Now, the irony is this. <laughs> I remember when Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, and they would, after some time, have doubts or fears or concerns. You know, where's God? And they're calling out for him, or they're doubting him, or they're struggling. And he, the Lord has led them through time and time again, and yet they still are going, where's God? I remember years ago when I was a young preacher, I would say, you know, after the Marine Corps, I, I would be teaching that lesson about trusting God, and we would be talking about Israel coming out of Egypt. And you would think after God delivered them from Pharaoh and his big army, and after the Lord took them through the Sea of Reeds, after the Lord had provided food for them, after the Lord provided water for them, after the Lord sustained them through all sorts of different things, that you would think they would just get up in the morning and go, hey, you know, God's going to take care of us today. But no, they got up in the morning and they're like, where's God? How can we trust in him? And you would think, I remember saying, you know, if I were them, I would just get up in the morning and go, hey, God's going to be here. Everything's going to be all right. But the truth is, when I get up in the morning, sometimes I'm going through my day, I just raise my hands to heaven and I go, hey, where are you? And what do you want from me? Why am I suffering? Oh, that's a and good I, question, Keith. Yeah, and I think about it. I think, well, and then I then I remember, I'm not any different than the Israelites, which is kind of humiliating. <laughs> so, Let me uh, interject here something, Keith. You, you talk about your disparity, and the suicide rate for veterans is about 15 a day. Here's the bigger question. How do you help another veteran who doesn't believe in God, doesn't have a belief system, says that the world is just an effed up place? How do you work with someone? Actually, most of the time when I talk to veterans, they allow, they allow you to be you. Mm. And if you have faith in God, they allow for that. For the most part, they're not combative against that. And I, I think the secret is don't be forceful. Be respectful of who they are and where they are. And don't be judgmental uh, when someone's suffering. I've, one of the things that I've seen in life, and sadly often in the church, is the thought that if someone's suffering, then they must have done something wrong. And I'm reminded of, uh, the time when Jesus, somebody had asked, you know, who had sinned? Was it the blind man or was it his parents? And Jesus said, neither. But this is so that the glory of God might be revealed. I think there's the temptation because we want to somehow exercise judgment or make sense of our world. And so we force judgment on ourselves or on our people we love or people we know or people we've heard of, they must have done something wrong. I must have done something wrong so that we can make sense out of a world that seems chaotic. And sometimes we're caught up in that chaos. The truth is we didn't do anything wrong. Sometimes we don't need to play God. We don't need to be the judge and we don't need to exercise judgment. What we need to do is 
acknowledge that we're in a very difficult place ourselves or the person we're talking to is in a very difficult place and show compassion and show care and be nurturing and be patient and listen to the broken story about a broken man with a broken life. And sometimes that broken man with a broken life is us. And we need that kindness and that patience and that compassion. And we really need to be vulnerable before ourselves. And we really need to show compassion and humility from ourselves to ourselves. You know, Keith, sometimes you talk about being vulnerable. That is difficult. You look at this day and age, and there is so much disparity, so much hatred in regards to other human beings that we want someone to suffer or we want somebody to have a pay pack. And then, and then we get forceful, like Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars the other night, whether that's a ploy no, or not. He did apologize. <laughs> We rush into harsh judgment too quickly without walking in the other man's shoes to understand what's really taking place. So when you speak about vulnerability, especially on for a man who has to be tough, rock tough, Ford tough. It's the, you know, you know, uh, the, the strongest, the strongest trees aren't the one that face the winds and never bend. Those guys break. It's the guys who say to themselves, it's the trees that say to themselves, you know, this, this storm is a little tougher than I am. So I'm going to have to give a little bit. I'm going to have to bend a little bit. I'm going to have to show a little humility. Otherwise it's going to break me. And I think the fallacy is about being the strong man. The fallacy is um, saying to ourselves as strong men that I can resist anything. Yes, we can, but not because we're big and bad enough to fight the storm by ourselves, but because we become wise enough to learn how to bend and to adapt otherwise we crack i don't want to crack i've seen people who have mentally cracked i can sometimes feel you know sometimes as often as twice a week you know i want to go shoot myself for dealing with all the pain and all the struggles all the doubts, all the fears, all the anxiety, you know, where are my answers? How am I going to make it? Why is my body not doing what I'm trying to tell it to do? Why do I look <laughs> so, uh, I want to drive my Jeep, but months, like I might have to go four months and I haven't been able to drive. And so I have to walk. And sometimes while I'm walking, it looks like I'm drunk. And if somebody's walking with me, we joke about the police are going to come over and write me a ticket for public intoxication. <laughs> and I'm not intoxicated. I'm just trying to walk. So 
it is so embarrassing to walk down the road, especially when you're and you're not out there every day and you're just trying to learn how to deal with it. And it's like you're embarrassed walking like this. And then so and then people kind of get used to seeing you and they figure it out. And this then it's equally embarrassing, like when you're not having a seizure and you can walk straight and they're like, well, what were you doing before? And so I'm like, you know, it's just you have to get to the point where you cannot go around judging yourself because you will drive yourself crazy. You just have to accept I'm not in charge of the circumstance in my life. I'm only in charge of how I make a good response to it or not. And whether other people get that or not, I'm not responsible for that. And I think one of the things that helps my community deal with that is that if I'm humble, if I can accept myself for who I am in a broken world with a broken body and sometimes what feels like a broken mind and sometimes what edges up on being a broken spirit and just accept that. That's very tough to do. That's very hard. It's hard to, it's, it's incredibly hard to say, I have a broken spirit. I have a broken mind. I have a broken body and I live in a broken community and I have broken people. Not judge one bit of it. Just accept this is what it is. And how can I endure this? I think you endure it by being humble. You endure it by despite the adversity to get up. You know, people, people ask me sometimes, like, how do you do so well? Uh, well, my, my mom and dad didn't take a no. I grew up on the farms. So, you know, they, they wouldn't take no for an answer in the morning. You, you had to get up and take care of the animals. You had to go to school, come back, come home from school, take care of the animals again, work in the garden, get your homework done. You didn't watch much television, that's for sure. And if you were going to go play ball with your friends, it was probably on a day when the ball team got together. Um, you didn't have much time for that kind of stuff yourself. Mom and dad would not take no for an answer. You, you got up and you lived what it was expected for you to live, and that meant a lot of work. Another thing is the United States Marine Corps wouldn't take no for an answer. When you were told to do something, there was no discussion. You did it. And so you didn't allow yourself the luxury of debating if you were going to be able to tackle the task in front of you or not, which actually goes to serve today. I have to fight through this day, and I don't have the option to sit around and dink around about it. Actually, I do now have that option. But if I take that option to feel sorry for myself, that goes in a downward spiral really hard, really fast, and you have to crawl back out of that hole. The third thing is, so you got mom and dad, you got, you got the military, and then you have to flip it on you. All things are yes in Christ Jesus our Lord, which means I'm not in this alone. I'm not in this battle by myself alone. And, and, and this is a really tough place. My point is to, I think God sometimes shows up in unexpected ways. And the people that you, we were expecting to show up didn't. And so we want to move into that judgment thing again, which doesn't help us at all. It doesn't help us feel better about ourselves. It doesn't help us heal in our body, in our spirit, in our mind. And so God sends an unexpected person, and they're banging on your hospital room door. And <laughs> they're like, hey, 
I saw that on Facebook you had put a word out. It's like, hey, I need someone to pick me up from the hospital because I'm being discharged. And you know, and two hours later, there's an unexpected person hoping you get home and carrying your bags back up to your apartment. And that is God saying, you think that it's going to work this way. God says, I have another plan. And being vulnerable and being open and being available for God to exercise his wisdom, his, his will, his way, um, you know, as he sees fit instead Keith, of how I we see fit. I appreciate how much you've been able to share. We're kind of out of time. We'll continue the next time we meet and we'll have part three of Keith's story. Thank you for joining us at Coach Soul. We hope to see you next week. So be kind and be safe.